Thank you for being a listener of the We Are LA Tech podcast. To support and collaborate with the community, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener. You'll have ad-free episodes and join us on our monthly Zoom calls with other podcast listeners and get to know the community at wearelatech.love. Linked in the show notes. Welcome to the weekly We Are LA Tech Remix episode. I'm Alex Bloomberg, host of the podcast Startup, and you're listening to We Are LA Tech. My name is Esprit Devora, born and raised LA, and I created We Are LA Tech in 2012 to unify the community. Podcast launched in 2014, continuing to help people find the best talent, to connect with each other, to form awesome relationships. So proud of this show. Enjoy. Hi, I'm Mary Bauer. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Kidderly, where we are disrupting the craft and hobby retail industry with our curated crafting kits. We're based in West Hollywood. Like one time someone was buying a kit club for their mom. Like we have a little, we have a subscription box. It's not a big part of our business, but we have one. And, you know, their mom was like getting back into knitting. I guess the husband had died or something. And so they brought that and it just brought some joy to her life. So you hear stories like that, but... Like we have this one customer and I won't name her name, but we love her. Like she's obsessed with Kitterly. So of course we love her because she buys something. But it's kind of funny because when you see her name coming through the orders and it's like, oh, you haven't seen her for a few days. You're like, is she okay? Everything okay? <laughs> and um, my my customer service manager, um, she talks, to, you know, she's always talking to the customers and she was just telling me the story. This woman had just learned to knit in the last two years and she must be recently retired and she has just fallen in love with it. And she like can't wait to get our emails because she's always inspired by something new. And yeah, I know I want to see, but there's just so many stories of people who just love what we're doing. Yeah. But the best, I think probably the best thing I could talk about is the partners that we work with. Yeah. So we obviously are very heavily focused on serving a female customer Although only 70% of people who knit are women. There are men that knit. Yeah. And it's bigger than you think. But we focus primarily on women right now. And our vendors that we buy from, we source from, we work with independent designers from all over the world. We have a designer in Australia. We have one in Japan. We have a ton in Germany, England, France, all over the U.S. And we, and they're predominantly female. um, And they're people that, you know, one was a stay-at-home mom that got into it. Another one used to be an ER doctor that started designing patterns as she was recovering from an illness. And we have like a former Unix administrator. Like the crazy stories that you hear about these amazing people that have changed their careers to do something that like they care about. But the coolest thing is of the like 95 or 96 or so vendors, and that includes all our suppliers, our hand dyers, our machine dyers, yeah. the people who sell us our needles, over 85% of those companies are owned by women. Wow. And when I started thinking about that statistic, I'm like, wow, like this really is a global ecosystem of female entrepreneurs from all over. And I just want to celebrate them. I mean, they're amazing women to like the one company I told you about where Spin Cycle Yarns and they're based in Washington State. And it's two young women tattooed, like 
rocking it out and they hand make everything in that product and they call themselves the spinsters. And they're just like this cool group of people that, you know, when they all, they, they know each other online and when they're at an event or they're at one of these festivals, the Coachella's of knitting, they are like, it's like they had just hung out like last week and they might be from Germany or, you know, like I said, Washington or Florida, and they're all hanging out, sharing in a hobby that just brings them so much joy. Hey everyone, it's Alex, uh, maker of Sellers.LA. Sellers.LA allows uh, restaurants in LA to sell their wine stock as a way to make more revenue during coronavirus crisis. So initially it started by a project from a good friend of mine who is in New York. We built the pretty much equivalent site in New York called Sellers NYC uh, and open sourced it. I saw it over at New York like 9 p.m. on one night. It's like, hey, Philip, this looks cool. Can I, you know, get the, you know, kind of clone it in Los Angeles? Because uh, these things are, you know, make more sense if they're more local. And he said, sure, it's open source. So he gave me access to the uh, to the code. And, you know, I did some tweaks to make it, you know, LA specific. And it literally took like four hours to get it live. So another really good guy from, there's a local Slack group for JavaScript developers in LA. Uh, so he helped me a little bit on that, mostly in, he volunteered to buy the domain. So it's like, okay, cool. It's fine. Uh, so we had it live and it's like six hours. And for the developers listening who would like to be a part of the JavaScript Slack group, how can they find that? So it's called JS.LA. Uh, I believe they also do in-person or now, you know, virtual meetups and stuff. They seem to do like monthly things. Uh, so it's JS as in JavaScript.LA. And I'm sure there's like an invite li- link somewhere. Uh, I can I can send it over so I can put it yeah, on the show we'll notes. Yeah, we'll include it in the show notes. And what? how has Sellers.LA been so far? What is your hope with it? What kind of traction have you experienced and how many people has it helped? I have really no idea. Uh, so I haven't had much time to spend on it. And, you know, I, the first few days I try, I reached out to a few people that I know in, you know, Eater.LA, uh, Eater.com in LA, uh, Infatuation, uh, LA Times food section and a bunch of other people in that, you know, food press. Uh, so we got maybe, you know, 15 submissions that are live in the site. The interesting thing though, that I put my number on there, which is, you know, a little bit risky, but it happened. I got reached out by a big wine and alcohol vendor for restaurants in California, which was really interested in that. And, you know, out of that came a collaboration for a new project that's uh, yet to be announced uh, in the same space though. And what is the the main thing? What's the user experience when uh, someone goes to sellers.la? Who is going there and what is the main solution that you're providing for them? So it's that if you are a consumer, it's the it's that simple. You see a map of LA. It's a Google map. Uh, it's familiar. You, know, you zoom into your neighborhood. There's pins for every uh, restaurant that has submitted themselves. And if you click on the pin, you see the details that they provided with the form, including you know, what kind of alcohol they have for takeouts and what's their phone number and, and their website. So and you click out, either you call them, you click out to their website to find more information. So it's really an informative site, right? It's just exactly. to give more exposure mm-hmm. to the restaurants in LA. And then do any transactions happen on sellers.la or do the transactions Nothing. happen direct with the restaurants? It's it's more of a, you know, going back to 1997, it's a Yahoo catalog of things. You click out and go to their website. 
It's a catalog site. So if you had one ask of the community, something they could do to support you in these efforts in helping the local restaurants, what would that ask be? It's awareness. So it, as, as long as the restaurants have awareness that this exists, then they can go ahead and register. And the more it happens, you know, then they've been very proactive from you know, one of the ones that I'm at least following on Instagram the last few weeks. They've been really active on, you know, Instagram stories and things like that, that they, hey, we have takeout, we have decks in a way, you know, help us go through this. Um, so you need like a little small army to get familiar. And then I'm sure if enough of them know in the, in the industry, people will know about this. Hello, everybody. This is Greg Pudanovich. I'm a senior user experience strategist and designer helping really smart people slay tough business problems with simple and elegant design based in Culver City. It's funny, you know, I think you reach a a certain level as a designer and you start to recognize that something that I see really often is, is designers trying to distinguish themselves based on their process, right? Like, this is how I... I, I do X, Y, and Z, or I don't do this thing, you know, in the, in the design process. And I, I, I sort of, I think a couple of years ago, I, I recognized that process really isn't a great way to distinguish yourself or to differentiate yourself as a designer. And I, I think more importantly, like your principles, right? Like the reason why you want to be a designer, the reason, the kind of underlying philosophy of why you do the work you do and what you think your responsibility as a designer is, is a lot more important. So I think having that realization and then being able to sort of establish a set of kind of core beliefs that I have, I think gives me a little bit of an advantage. It, it helps me really understand like what types of work I'm really well suited for, what types of things I'm not. And it also is like a yardstick that I can use to measure whether or not I'm going to be able to really bring value to a client or to an organization, right? If, if they can sort of understand the things that I believe in and those are valuable to them, then I think it's going to be really good. Yeah, I think it's going to be a really good match. That's awesome. And where can people connect with you further? So I think right now you can either connect with me on my portfolio site, which is gregpedenovich.com. Um, I'm on LinkedIn, uh, pretty easy to find there. So I think those are probably the, the two best ways to get in touch. Can you spell your name for everybody? Yeah, it's G-R-E-G-P-O-D-U-N-O-V-I-C-H. And we'll link to him in the show notes as well. So just in case you guys need that. And you are transitioning into a new role. So you're exploring right now what feels in alignment for you. So what would your dream company be to work with? Yeah, that's, oh man, that's a great question. So I've been, you know, I've been in the agency world for the last five years and I think it's been really great. I think I'm ready to now, you know, move on. So we were talking earlier just about, you know, kind of principles and and sort of, you know, personal philosophies. I I sort of feel like, you know, the, the most valuable I can contribute as a designer is to give people time back in their lives. That's just kind of my personal philosophy that that kind of underlies the work that I do. So the implications that has on the kind of work I'm suited for is, you know, I'm I'm probably better suited for like a mobile banking app than say like a social media app, right? Just because of the the, the way that the types of things that those two things are different are, are optimized to do differently. So, you know, I think for me, the dream job is really a lot about the team. In fact, it's, it's probably all about the team. I mean, there's no reason to do this work if you're not doing it with people that you really are connected with and have a deep, real relationship with. You know, I think working on a product or service that is really designed to make life easier for people, 
to give them time back in their lives is, is really the, the right fit for me. Join thousands of people in LA Tech on our We Are LA Tech Facebook group where you can discover events, job opportunities, and even housing. Go to wearelatech.com slash community. We'll take you straight there. That's wearelatech.com slash community. The best business resource I have is my mentor's private Facebook group. I've never found a community that cares more about one another's success. It inspired me to create the same thing for podcasters. If you're a tech company or startup looking to grow your podcast audience, I created GetPodcastListeners.com, a private group specifically to discover how other podcasters have grown their audiences so we could do the same. Check out GetPodcastListeners.com. That's GetPodcastListeners.com. The We Are LA Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo. Edited by Corey Jennings. Production and voiceover by Adam Carroll. Community spotlight coordination by Anna Freebay. Music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The We Are LA Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production. Thank you for being a listener of the We Are LA Tech podcast. To support and collaborate with the community, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener at wearelatech.love. Linked in the show notes.